Rouse. Push it to the Port of Miami, importing the candy. Ain't got nothing to lose. It's important to tell it. Never traffic for fun. Only traffic for fun. All I see was the struggle. It's like I'm trapped in the Welcome back to the Awkward Sports Podcast, episode six, season two. Yes, sir. Your host Julian, co-host Justin. You back here. Uh, we had a busy week this week. It's World Series week. It's uh, it was opening week for the NBA season this past week, which we've already gotten a bunch of action from. Uh, this World Series has been great. You know, it's 2-0, but but the games have both been pretty close to the end. Uh, and football, football's being football, right? It's, it's mid-season. What is this week eight? We're going into. <clears throat> Yeah. Week eight, uh, Texans are on a five-game winning streak. We see Deshaun Watson is playing like he was last year before his injury. We see that DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the wide, in the in the whole wide world <laughs> in the NFL. He's the best receiver in the world, uh, and a few other things. We see that Rajon Rondo likes to spit on people. Apparently, we see that Chris Paul and Rondo. Don't like Seriously don't like each other And we've seen that uh, Over the past years We've seen people call out Chris Paul's uh, Leadership Or And, and teammate uh, Conduct Right I guess Or lack thereof um, So let's just dive in I guess we'll start with the World Series You know Boston At home Versus LA For game one and two Two care business You know Game one We had Chris Sell on the mound Versus Kershaw That was like a Dealer of uh, Duel of aces and we saw Chris Sale had a pretty solid uh, outing. So did Kershaw until, you know, later in the game when the Red Sox started knocking on the door, really bringing in runs. And then Eduardo Nunez comes off the bench and hits a home run, a three-run home run to put us up, you know, enough to just end the game right there. Uh, it was just very exciting, one, to, to have the World Series back in Boston. You know, it's been five years, and I, I think our front office has done a great job. We were just talking about how, you know, they brought this team and, you got guys like, first of all, you got two MVP candidates on your team and Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez, one who was a free agent signing last year, J.D., and he came in and did the, the exact thing that we envisioned or the Red Sox envisioned that he would do. He'll come in, D.H., and, and just hit lights out. And what has he done? He's came in, he's D.H., he's hit lights out. Now, uh, game two, Boston takes care of business again. David Price deals for, I want to say six, Maybe like six and two thirds. I'm going to fact check, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he came in dealing, and it was definitely more than enough to keep us with a two game lead to go to Los Angeles. Here we are now, Los Angeles. We're actually watching the game live, bottom seven. This kid, uh, Walker Bueller, he's a rookie, 24 years young, and he's dealing in front of the home crowd. Boston has two hits, he has seven strikeouts. No runs, and it's a 1-0 game right now. So anything's possible. Boston is pitching. L.A. has a runner on first. No outs. We just got uh, Ryan Brazier in the game. But one-run games are basically tie games, mm-hmm. in my in my opinion, as a Red Sox fan, because we can strike like this. As fast as, you know, uh, I believe it was – Wow, I don't even know who is a home run. I, I was watching earlier. Uh, we don't fact check. Anyways, we're one swing away from tying this game up. Mm-hmm. We're trying to take this game so that we win a 3-0 lead in the World Series in Los Angeles, try to finish them out tomorrow. 
I mean, that's why they call them pivotal game threes because uh, majority of the time, and you know, any case where it's a best of seven series, those games often decide the series. And back to what you were saying about um, you guys, you know, five year absence from the World Series. I give your organization a, a lot of credit because we see in sports a lot, you know, NBA and you know NFL and things like that. That after a team wins the championship, it's very hard, you know, not for them just to go back, but it's hard enough for them just to stay in the picture, stay relevant. Right. Because, you know, we see, you know, people's, uh, I guess you say, agenda change, you know, whether they, you know, want to go chase the money right. after that or what, right. are they really committed to winning. So I give your organization a lot of credit because especially in baseball, we have no salary cap. I mean, the money is always there to chase. So right. been able to, to stay relevant. relevant every yeah, year. To stay, yeah, to stay, you know, chasing and consistent. Uh, big credit to, well, both organizations, actually, because this is, you know, L.A.'s uh, second go at it. So Back to back, right? Yeah, and, exactly. And with Boston, you know, we, we brought on J.D., like I said, this year. We have Mookie Betts. Uh, we, we drafted Andrew Benintendi, who's playing exceptional, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal baseball in left field. Um, we drafted, or we got Rafael Devers. <clears throat> He's one. He was one of the top prospects in the country. We got him. He's playing third base. Yeah, I understand. He led the MLB in errors. He's only 21 years. He just, he, I think he just turned 21 game three. So Wednesday. Ooh, still got a lot of years left. A lot um, of games left. And, and this kid can swing the bat. We saw him swinging the bat in Houston. We played a Houston team in the first round or in the second round that if they were healthy all season, they might have had a better record than we had. And we have a historic record with 108 wins. This mm-hmm. is our best season. You know, this is our highest uh, winning per- or number of wins that we've had in the season. Um, they had 103, if, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, wins. And, and then you have the Red Sox over 102, right? No, we're at 108 is what I'm saying. But I'm saying Houston. Houston was up there as well. And, right, right. You know. So we give credit to Boston because what they've done, pitching Nathan Evaldi out of the bullpen, when he, when he needs to start, he starts and deals. When he comes out of the bullpen, he deals. Joe Kelly out of the bullpen has been dealing. Craig Kimbrell, Craig Kimbrell has been put in tough situations. And, you know, even Alex Cora has mentioned, you know, I'm sorry I put you in this tough situation, but I felt like, you know, this is what I had to do. This is Alex Cora, who is the manager of the Red Sox, his first year as a manager. He brought this team to the World Series. And really what the team does is they stay patient and they don't look for the home run swing. They look for the perfect pitch that they want in that at-bat and they work the pitch, they work the count, they make him, you know, feel the pressure, end up letting loose. So it's seven, bottom seven, one zip. I guess as the podcast goes on, we'll update you, you know, if if they score, if we score, what's going on. Hopefully we can take a 3-0 win. Uh, 3-0 lead and, and finish it out either tomorrow or Sunday. But let's get into some NFL news because headlines, I guess, Will Fuller towards ACL, which is a big, big blow to a team who's on a five-game win streak, as I just mentioned. Deshaun Watson is playing really good football at the moment. And Houston looks like, you know, hard to beat right now. They, they just beat Jacksonville last week, take first place in the division. Uh they just beat the Dolphins. They just steamrolled the Dolphins. Where, I might add, Deshaun Watson had more touchdowns than he had incompletions. Five touchdowns. And four incompletions. Insane. Insane. We saw DeAndre Hopkins get robbed 
of a beautiful catch of the year candidate, which probably would have been a catch of the year to date. Um, but that's the game. Uh, nonetheless, they're on a five-game win streak. How do you think this this Will Fuller injury affects Texans, the Texans, you know, in the long run for the for the rest of the season? Well, I think you mentioned it earlier because now that I think with Will Fuller on the other side, it keeps teams honest because you can't just keep dialing up the double teams on DeAndre because Will Fuller will get loose as he did last night against us, especially with his speed. <clears throat> yeah, vertical, yeah, yeah, yeah. Broke broke for you know a big one. And so now, you know, it puts more pressure. Um, it makes you think not only does it put more pressure on DeAndre, but it also thinks it takes more uh, pressure on the run game because then you're kind of looking in the past game, okay, you're just looking at DeAndre. And then if it's not working with DeAndre, you're like, okay, there's really no other, you know, option we can go to besides the run game or maybe, you know, start doing check downs and things like that. So it, it just, you know, it takes a lot away. I won't, well, I won't say it takes a lot away from the offense, but it definitely takes, you know, a a blow. So I don't know what's I mean, they've been dealing with injuries all year long really. I know the secondary is really thin and it got, you know, kind of thinner last night playing us. So I mean, can they stay healthy uh and sustain this for the rest of the year? Because I think that and you know, me and you both called it, you know, one of the podcasts that we did that we had Houston taking the division. Um I still think that's the case, but don't get it wrong, Tennessee is, you know, Still right there with them, I believe. You know, let's not. So, so you're just ruling Jacksonville out. Oh yeah. So let's we'll just transition right into that. Jacksonville benches their quarterback Blake Borders, who they signed to contract extension over the uh, summer. Mm-hmm. Cody Kessler. They didn't bench him for Nick Foles. They didn't bench him for Jacoby Brissett. They didn't bench him for Robert Griffin III or Lamar Jackson. They benched him for Cody Kessler. We know what Cody Kessler has done in the NFL. We've seen him play. Um, <laughs> this is how bad it's gotten in Jacksonville to where, as a coach, you feel more comfortable or, or that it's that necessary to bring in a guy like Cody Kessler to try to finish the job out against a divisional opponent instead of saying, you know, let, let's let's ride with our guy who we paid to, to, to be here, who took us to the AFC Championship, to basically a place where, where we're... Beginning of the season, we're thinking... This week's matchup between Jacksonville and Philly could be the Super Bowl matchup. Mm-hmm. And in week eight of the NFL season, we're talking about Cody Kessler coming in to relieve Blake Bortles. And we're talking about a three and four Jaguars team who is in second place in their division, if not third. I'm not sure if Tennessee is in second or third. I don't think they played each other. Tennessee just lost. So I believe Jacksonville is in second. But nonetheless, I mean, no, we Tennessee, expect- ten- well, no, Tennessee and Houston have played. Saying Houston, uh, Tennessee, and Jacksonville. Yeah, they played, and Tennessee beat them because it was it was they beat them like nine to three. Right, to six. right, right. Yeah, it was a very so defensive. Season, yeah. So Jacksonville found themselves in third place. Yeah, and by week eight, and their defense isn't looking as nasty as last year. I mean, there's always going to be the hype pregame, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna hype we're gonna hype the pregame because Jacksonville's defense was that last year. They were nasty. Jalen Rams, you gotta respect, you know, all pro coverage. But I mean, four losses. Well, I think if you look back in history, all of the greatest defenses have one have, you know, top ten, if not top five running back on the other side. Um, and two if you look at their minutes played, it's probably not that much. 
Um, and that and that was my argument for why I didn't think they would win the division this year. I knew they had a top flight defense, if not number one, going into the season. But I just figured that Blake Bortles would, you know, play would be so lackluster and so just detrimental to the team that I didn't believe in them sustaining the drive. I mean, everybody knew that their offense was LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, sorry, not LeGarrette, but Leonard Fournette. Um, right. And um, with him being injured, that, you know, made them very one-dimensional, especially losing Alan Hearns, losing Allen Robinson, and replacing them with nothing. And then we even said it, you know, when they lost Marquise Lee, there was, you know, we were making, or people were making such a big deal about them losing Marquise Lee. It's like, that's really how far down the rabbit hole they've fallen that we were making such a big deal about them losing Marcus Lee as their exactly. like quote, unquote, quote, number, number one, one receiver. Yeah, the quote, unquote, number you one receiver. You have a problem. Right. And it's shown. I mean, D.D. Westbrook, you know, Cole, you know, Safarian Jenkins, you're really not going to get much out of these players, especially with a lackluster quarterback. You're not, you're not, it's not like it's an Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees where, you know, he can maybe make a receiver into something or they could be uh, hopefully a product of the system. Right. Blake Bortles is not gonna win you games. He, you know, he's, he'll, he's he'll, not even, he'll try to keep you in him. Like he's yeah. at the point where he has to try to keep you in the game. He's not at Alex Smith level where we're talking about a, a game manager mm-hmm. or you know, like you said, keep you in the game. Like Blake Bortles is is at the point where you need a lead and you need a comfortable lead because you're not gonna really expect much from him. Now, I, I don't. I, I really don't know. Why Jacksonville chose to stick with stick with him and give him the extension? Maybe they felt that you know right now there, there's no other quarterback. To me, here's the thing: I think Jacksonville blew up really fast, respectably, because their defense is is that good, right? Yeah. They, they, well, they've been. I mean, I think for the last three to four years, I kept saying you know yeah, but, waiting but for the defense. Two to years kind of... ago, they weren't a deep playoff team, right? Right. This year, they don't look like a deep playoff team, but last year they did, and. You know, Blake Bortles. They did, ha- or they didn't even have Allen Robinson because he he lost his knee. He, he tore his ACL last year. So Fournette was a big reason in their offense as to why they were dominating. And they, like basically to say what you just said, they don't have that. They 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 traded a fifth round pick for Carlos Hyde because they're trying to find what they had in Leonard Fournette, knowing that Blake Bortles throwing the ball 40, 30 times a game is only going to result to, to, to more losses. This team faintly reminds me of the uh, the team that uh, Rex Ryan had when they had, you know, top-flight defense that got them to the AFC Championship and all Mark that. Mark Sanchez. But days. they had Mark Sanchez, a quarterback, but they also had a number one running attack when they had – Thomas Sean Jones Green. and Sean. They had Thomas Jones and Sean Green. They even so, had LT. Well, that was probably the next year. No, yeah, not the other. I think that was yeah. That was after they had you know, that that was on their way down. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. on their way down. But that but this this mold of a team really that's what it reminded me of. Like you have a really top flight defense. You have a lackluster quarterback, and you're just basically your offense is your run game because you're trying to just grind out. Right, and like the I was clock. saying, like I think that they were in a position where they felt like, listen, it's either Blake Bortles. Or worse, right? Because who were they going to get? They didn't have a draft pick to get a quarterback. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they weren't going to show the NFL that they're in rebuild mode as far as quarterback position. Because once, once you rebuild in the quarterback position, that, that affects your team drastically. Especially when we know this offseason coming up that they're going to have some key uh, decisions to make as far as who they sign and don't sign on the defense. Right. And who they, yeah, who they want to pay. 
Um, so that's Jacksonville right there. Let's get into Jacksonville versus Philadelphia. That's that's the first game we're going to kick off. We might as well start with that. Right. We're going to get into three games, and we felt that Jacksonville-Philadelphia is intriguing. One, because like we said, this is something that we could have said, okay, next year these two teams can see each other in the postseason or in the Super Bowl. You know, if, if Philly has another great year um, and and if, if Jacksonville can, can just play the same defense they're playing and just do a little bit more on offense. Obviously, right now, they're both sitting at three and four. Leonard Fournette hasn't played since week two. I'm not even sure. Um, Blake Bortles is playing like Blake Bortles of 2015, you know, 16. And their defense isn't dominant. Like, they're not dominating games like they were last year. They're not shutting the rundown. They're not, they're not you know, ball hawking every pass. So... This Jacksonville team is 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 kind of. I mean, they're giving up points. They gave up forty points to Dallas, and that's run game, because Dallas just traded. You know, not to get off topic, but Dallas just traded for Amari Cooper. They gave him a first round pick for Amari Cooper because they don't believe in what they have right now at the wide receiver core. And that's what I'm saying. In that game, they let Cole Beasley go off. Not to say that Cole Beasley isn't capable of doing so, but against the best defense in the league with quote-unquote, the two best cornerbacks in the league, right. I don't think Cole Beasley should have had that game, right? So, uh, Philadelphia, I, I'm not sure. Are they going to be in Philadelphia or are they going to yeah, be in Jacksonville? It's in London. It's a London They're game. actually in Wembley Stadium. So, it's going to be a 9 o'clock game and, or 9.30 game. Which makes it even more interesting because you know how much, you know, teams, teams love going over there. So, I mean, and the crazy part is we're talking about this could have been potentially – you know, a Super Bowl matchup of last year. And if you would have told me, you know, I'm pretty sure in the off season, if, you know, I would have I known this game was coming. But a lot of people, we probably would have circled this game on right, the calendar. Right. Going, and now you're telling like, me. You would have set your alarm. Right. I don't think I'm going to set my alarm. I think oh, I'll no. catch the second half of this one when I wake up. I am thinking I'm catching highlights. Right. I'm catching highlights on NFL.com. Oh, man. I... Short and sweet. Who do you think wins the game and why? I think Philly wins the game because, I mean, it's like I said, it's just guys at the point where you get to put Cody Kessler in. Cody Kessler is your starting quarterback going into week eight and against the Philly team who I think they still have hope that they can, I mean, I don't know if they can still salvage to win the division. I mean, it's still realistically wide open, but Washington is, you know, just cut a lot of people off guard and is a surprisingly... You know, Chicago. I mean, excuse me. Dallas is playing pretty good football right now. Yeah, da- Dallas is. Yeah, Dallas is on a resurgence. And Dallas definitely could have won that game last week uh, versus Washington, which was a big game for them. They, their division's wide open as far as those three teams. Um, so, so I, th- I think I think for the real, you know, for the realisticness of still being being in playoff contention, in my opinion, I say Philly wins it. And plus, I just think I don't know. I didn't. The thing with Philly, I don't think it's so much like X's and O's, and you know, and what they're um, lacking in, or what you know, why they had such a lack of success. I just think it's you know, it's it looks like it's something beyond that. I don't know so, if it's it, like okay, for example, they're up seventeen zero through three quarters against Carolina at home, correct? Mm-hmm. Carolina comes back and wins, and and Philly didn't score any points, so I don't know if Doug Peterson got comfortable 
I'm not I, obviously which the is, run which, game which, which would be surprising seeing as how he you know he was all last year, especially in the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, I mean the Philly special. If that don't if that don't tell right. you how, like if you see that Cam Newton is coming is. back, you know Cam Newton. Cam Newton's capable of making one of these comebacks. You have to respect that, especially with Ron Rivera being the head coach on that sideline. So to to sit here and just you know uh, to sit here and just kind of just show that you're you're not being as aggressive as you typically are is that is, is is it coaching is it is it Carson Wentz couldn't get the job done is it the receiver who do you blame you know I I don't know who who the answer is but like you said I'm gonna agree with you because Philly sees that they still can win their division and if they don't win their division it's possible they don't make the playoffs. So, especially going into week nine with five losses, right? Yeah. Because we're not going to expect them to go and win eight straight games. Yeah, because I think they still – I don't think they played Washington this year. I don't think off, so. Off the top of my head, I don't think they played Washington. I don't remember them. Have they played Dallas? They – Like, I not, mean, like – They had to have played one divisional all, game. All, I know they played the Giants. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Actually, they might not have played that. Like a lot, a lot of the divisional games from this division that I'm I remember late. have been all Dallas and Washington, Washington and Giants, uh, Dallas and, and, and G-Men. I know they played, you know, uh, G-Men Thursday night. So, but I honestly, if they have, if you're telling me, like I said, we don't fact check. I don't know. I know. If, I'm pretty sure for a fact they haven't played Washington at all this year. Right. I'm not sure if they played Dallas once or. It may not be at all. So if you're telling me potentially they have to play Washington twice in the later half of the season and potentially play Dallas one more or maybe two times in the later half of the season, you're looking at this as a must-win game. Like you said, going go finishing off yeah. with five losses, yeah. you're looking at this as a must-win game. And especially, game. you know, coming off a Super Bowl win, you, you kind of have that pride where, okay, this is the best defense in the league that we're going against. Let's show the world that, you know, yeah, we got four losses, but – Today is not number five, right? Right. We, we still got it. You know, Carson Wentz is still our guy. We're not even talking about Carson Wentz as a top five quarterback in the National Football League. And last year, we're talking about he's winning he MVP. Was an MVP. Yeah. He's, yeah. If he's if, yeah, if he wasn't injured, he's winning MVP. So that that kind of that kind of baffles me a little bit, but it, it's the reality right now. So and then yeah, and one quick one quick thing. I think another reason they have to win this because I think mindset wise, if you win this, if if you're sitting at four and four, you're looking like okay. O and O, right, right. You know, let's let's get the let's second get the, half of the season. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, respectable. So, Philly, it's on you. Um, next game we wanted to get into was going to be Green Bay facing off against that Los Angeles Rams in LA. It's a four o'clock game, and it's funny. Justin didn't really want to talk about this game because he didn't really find anything. But I. I Gave him my opinion, and that basically, I think Green Bay has a chance to win this game, and I don't think they win the game. But my my perspective on why, I mean, the easy answer is Aaron Rodgers, but that's the only answer. No, yeah. <laughs> One second, guys, because I'm watching the World Series, and Jackie Bradley Jr. just hit a home run to tie the goddamn game up. I, we're, we're pausing the podcast for just a second because this is the World Series. We're talking about that. MVP of the ALCS, Jackie Bradley Jr. I'm waiting for a text message from my dad right now because he's a Dodgers fan. So, dad, if you're listening, ha, ha, ha. Aiden's at the top of the eight. <laughs> yeah, top eight. With, two with outs. Two and I, outs. What did I tell That's you? I told sure. you we are the best two-out hitting team. This is our – if I'm not mistaken, 
I believe this is our 34th run with two outs this postseason. But we're definitely at 34 or 35. So back to Green Bay, Los Angeles. Um, you know, I, I really do think Green Bay has a chance to shoot it out with L.A. I don't think they have a chance of playing a good game like, you know, a good scrappy game against this team. First of all, Todd Gurley is too dominant to, to contain. We've seen that. He has 14 touchdowns from the line of scrimmage. That's more than, I think, seven teams in the league right now. Eight, I think. Like, so yeah, like seven or eight. That, that's sad. So the fact that Todd Gurley's being as dominant as he is, you know, uh, Rams did lose Cooper Cup. I don't know if he's coming back this week or if he was. No, they still have him as doubtful. So, you know, that helps Green Bay. Green Bay. I don't know about Brandon Cooks, though, because I think he, he also left last week. He's and always he, getting hurt. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was concussion or, or what the case with that, what that was. My thing is, is, is the Packers have to realize, like, all right, guys, we need to flip the switch now. If we want to make the playoffs, because they're another team that we were talking about possibly winning their division. And right now, yeah. that division's up to grab. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's another NFC division up, up in shambles right now. Now, Minnesota gets Everson Griffin back this week, so that's good for them. But Green Bay really needs to grind this game out. Find a way to beat the unbeaten. And it's going to rely on Mike McCarthy calling the plays, calling the right plays, and then the defense. You know, can they, can, they, can, they, can they sustain at least a little bit? Can they sustain at least a little bit? Just give Aaron Rodgers enough. You get what I'm saying? Um, I, don't think, I don't think that they're going to win. But if anybody has a chance, I think the Packers do have a chance because they're capable of scoring 35 points in a game. I mean, it's just one of those things where – you have to be good in every facet of the game playing this team. I mean, Todd Gurley's just – he was – I mean, I think when we were trying to predict who was going to win the awards before they came out for the NFL last year, I had picked Todd Gurley. I got Todd Gurley as my pick again this year. Right. He's on an unbelievable yeah, run, do, doing it all. You know, Le'Veon who, let's be honest. I mean, and it's just one of those things where – Normally, you know, you look at a team, you're like, okay, what, what what are they weak on, the offense or defense? And then you decide, okay, you know, they're they're weak on offense. All right, let's keep our offense out there. Let, you know, let, let's grind it out, long drives. And if they're you know better on defense, then all right, you know, right. quick quick strikes. You know, let's try to you know just you know up tempo, up tempo. Yeah, get the defense off guard. Just you know try to do quick strikes, whatever. So it's like they're just good. You know, we've seen golf. Golf is also having you know an amazing season. season for sure, and product of the system. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's feeling comfortable. <laughs> but you got to give it to Sean McVay. No, oh, you, oh, of course, genius, of course, of course. And like I said, and then defensively, you know that 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 front seven, you know, and I just yeah, I, I mean, I think it'll be a better game than people expect because it's Aaron Rodgers, right. and you know, Aaron Rodgers just for some reason loves the theatrics, and obviously. You ain't gonna punk Aaron Rodgers. So just off that alone, but I still got a, uh, I still got Los Angeles. They're just too strong right now. Okay. So the last game, what was the last game we were getting into? I believe it was going to be the Minnesota, the Minnesota Miracle, <laughs> Minnesota two. Vikings. Yeah, Minnesota Miracle Part Two. They're going to New Orleans. Are they going to New Orleans? I'm not sure. I believe they're going to New Orleans this week, and they're going to uh, try. Let's let's see. Matter of fact, let's just see. We're here on the website. We can check. Let's fact, let's fact check one, yeah, yeah, one yeah. exception, just, yeah, to, just, one. To, just to sound yeah. a little accurate. 
How's that? Yeah, because if it is in Minnesota, that does it kind of makes that, a difference. Makes so it that much and, more interesting. And that's where they are. They're going back to Minnesota. Oh man! And it's Sunday night, by the way. So primetime game in Minnesota, as it was last year. Obviously, the NFC, <laughs> the NFC Championship isn't on the line. Well, not the championship, but a berth in the NFC Championship isn't on the line. But these are two teams who the Saints are only five and one. And Minnesota's only lost two games. And they're getting their best defensive player back. I don't know what shape he's in. I don't know what state he's in mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if he's been away from the game and working out. I don't know I don't know any of that. But I'm glad that Everson Griffin is back. I'm glad that, you know, he's healthy. He's found a, a, a piece in his mind that where he can come back and enjoy the game that he loves. That, you know, you hate to see somebody have to go down with a non-football injury, especially if it's mentally. Right. Yeah. In sports or in life in general. And, and everybody's a human. So I do love to see Everson Griffin coming back. And I believe that, one, that's going to fuel the crowd at home because they're going to see their best player on defense come back. Their money man. The man who, who makes it happen. And that's really what they've been missing. If he'd been playing these whole games, they might be 6-0. and I mean... That's that's a that's a strong case to make, but I mean a case nonetheless, and it's not. Khalil Mack won the Bears at least two games. That is true, right? That is true. Is this but guy it, not as? Is he not on the tier of best rushers in the in the league? It's just hard to say with all the other talent that they have on defense. You have a Harrison Smith, mm-hmm. you have Xavier but, Rhodes, but a, have, but a pass rusher sets the tone. A pass rusher that, that's... Well, I mean, they have... Not yeah. to say they don't have another pass rusher. Not to say right. that their defensive line isn't stacked. Not to say that their their whole team is full of amazing football players. But he is their best player on defense, in my opinion. Because when you can set the tone on the edge, you, you it's a standard that every play, your quarterback, the quarterback knows he has to get this ball out in X amount of time. When Everson Griffin's off the field... That just gives them another maybe second and a half to two seconds. Put it this way. I don't know if they would be 6-0, but I will say if they had Everson Griffin the whole year, they might be top of the division right now. Right. I, I would say That's be, respectable. I'd say they'd be top of the division. Um, I think the crowd's, the crowd, the crowd's going to be into this game, like the, especially the first half, because okay. the first half all – I know, you know, everything's going to be set up, you know, before the game starts, and all everybody's going to be talking about is the Minnesota Miracle. Yep. Um, and I think this is a carry out to the first half. We'll see, you know, how the first half ends, you know, whether it's, you know, close, Minnesota's up by a lot, you know, Saints up by a lot. So, you know, we'll see how that is. Um, I just think that Drew Brees and this offense are just going to be a little too much, um, especially, you know, they've, they've been playing really well since they got Mark Ingram back. You know, Alvin Kamara is also having an amazing year. Michael Thomas, another solid year. Like, this offense is just, you know. Right. And J- Drew Brees doesn't look like, you know, he's, what is he, 38, 39? Yep. Yeah, no, he looks like he's going on 35, 36. But saying that, you know, you just said how Alvin Kamara is having a good year. Michael Thomas is having an exceptional year. Drew Brees is putting up record numbers again. Um, Kirk Cousins is playing just as good. Doesn't have He has three interceptions. Drew Brees has none. He's got 14 touchdowns. Drew Brees is 13. And st- hey. I think statistically, nothing to cut you off, mm-hmm. but I think statistically speaking, he has the best wide receiver in Adam Thielen right now. And that's exactly what I was going to mention right there. The X factor in this game is Adam Thielen. If he gets the 100-yard mark, I don't see how this Minnesota team loses. 
Because not to say, okay, let me rephrase that. With Latavius Murray's mini resurgence back into the season, because the first, what, three weeks of the season, four weeks of the season, even maybe five, Latavius Murray was nowhere to be found. He might have had like 100 yards on the season with no touchdowns. Mm -hmm. The last two weeks, he's found his way into the end zone a few times. And if they can trust him to, to keep doing what he's doing with the ball, Stephon Diggs, everybody's looking at Thielen, and he's getting 100 yards each game. And they still have somebody who can you can say is arguably a better wide receiver as far as maybe his athletic gifts. You know what I mean? Right. But Adam Thielen, right now, you have to give him best wide receiver. Well, see, then we go, it's like, do you go Hopkins or do you go Adam Thielen? I mean, if you're going by numbers, you're going by consistency, it's Adam Thielen. Adam, as they call him, Adam All-World Thielen. From Minnesota, from uh, the practice squad. I mean, there's really no route he can't run. There's no ball he can't catch. I mean, he he's and his confidence. His confidence is Dion Waiters esque. He doesn't. He doesn't. His, no moment is too big for him, and no play is 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 just too much to make. You know what I mean? I I, would, I still give it to DeAndre Hopkins. Right. But <laughs> but Adam Thielen is having a you know outstanding. Year. And I will say this: hats off to Kirk Cousins because coming into this year. I'm not gonna say I, I told was, you so. I, but. I was, you did. I was slandering. I was. I mean, I was just. I didn't. I didn't get the makeup. I didn't see. You know, the greatness. I guess Washington didn't really let him show his greatness. But what he's doing here, he's having a solid, solid year. He's already at 2,200 yards almost, or 2,100 yards. But yeah, he's going for another 4,000 for I don't know how many consecutive seasons that is. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Minnesota. I think Minnesota is gonna be at home. The energy is gonna be great in the building. They're getting their their heart and soul back on the defensive line. Like I said, I don't know how how in shape he might be. I don't know if he's gonna be on a snap count. Probably might. Right. But the plays that he's on the field, you know that he's gonna go as hard as he can. Right. Mm -hmm. Adam Thielen hasn't been stopped all year. I don't see why he'll be stopped right now. I'm going uh, Vikings in a close one. I'm looking at it from the aspect of I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think it's going to come down to a shootout. So with that being said, I just don't, you know, this New, this New Orleans offense just has so many weapons, and they got Drew Brees at the helm. Like I said, I'm big on Kirk Cousins. Obviously, I've been, you know, promoting Kirk Cousins. And Adam Allworthy is having an amazing year. <laughs> but Drew Brees and that offense are just still like a well-oiled machine. And if it comes down to putting up points, I got more faith and Drew Brees mm -hmm. than I do uh, Kirk Cousins. And plus, I'm not going to lie. If I it wasn't for the miracles, Saints are going to the uh, National Yeah, in the, in, the back of, in the back of their heads, don't get it wrong, Saints still got that, that Minnesota miracle in the back of their heads. So they had a little chip going into this game. Okay, I like that. Let's get into some basketball. We're, we're going to end the episode in a little bit, but I do want to talk some basketball with you. We got through a whole week. We're, we're blessed to see another season. We've seen LeBron already get his first triple-double in L.A. We've seen Kobe come back to the Staples Center for the first time in, in a few years. We've seen Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo get into a fist fight. Brandon Ingram throwing punches. We see Carmelo Anthony making his first start with the Rockets. We see DeMarcus Cousins getting ejected off the bench. We, like, we've seen Trey Young go for 35-11. and 11. This is, And we've seen the last two players from the 90s left. Vince Carter and Dirk Nowitzki. Mm -hmm. This is this is one week. This is a week and three days. 
So we're blessed to say that we're able to watch basketball as much as we do because we already got billboards for Kevin Durant in New York City recruiting him and the season started a week ago. That's where we're at. That's, this is where we're at in 2018. Um, you know, if, if you want to ask me my first week thoughts and then and we can get to yours, yeah. uh, the Rockets are going to win at least 10 games less than they did last year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Knicks need to tank for that first pick, but that's on, that, that's my opinion. Um, Jimmy Butler needs to get out of Minnesota if they want Carl Anthony Towns to have any success this season. I think Tom Thibodeau thinks Jimmy Butler, you know, his heart and soul and his devotion to the game is 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 what's going to help this team grow mentally and you know, tough. No. You're messing with your franchise player's head. JaVel McGee is averaging better numbers right now per game than Carl Anthony Towns. JaVel McGee, starting center for the Lakers. He's not even the fourth option on the team. He's not even the fourth option on the team. And he's putting up more points a game than the five-year $190 million man at Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, we saw a video on Twitter. He airballed a three-pointer, pointed at Thibodeau, and told him, take me out. First, the Bulls. This is our boy Carl Anthony Towns from Kentucky, the one who was possibly going to be the next best player in the NBA. The next prototypical, you know, big man. Big man. Exactly. Yep. Athletic big man where we're looking at it now and like I'm I'm trying to tell you, Jimmy Butler needs to go if they want him to to shine at all. Um in other news, Five Reasons Sports Podcast Network uh, did report Jimmy Butler, well, not Jimmy Butler, excuse me. They reported that the Heat have reopened trade talks with Minnesota. So we'll see what's going on there. Uh, as far as Miami basketball, you know, Rodney Magruder, hats off to him. Rodney Magruder's playing his ass off right now. He's averaging like 17, 6, and 4. Um, Whiteside. Whiteside's playing pretty good basketball. We see the heart. We see the hustle. Consistency. That's what we need. And we see the, the, the fire in his eyes, right? We see that Tyler Johnson is getting paid $19 million this year, and he's not doing a whole lot. We see Dwayne Wade is, is struggling pretty bad right now. Um, so there's a lot of things to clean up. Hopefully... Spolcher finds the right rotations. It's going to take time. It, it always takes time. But hopefully, if we're going to do a trade, it gets done sooner than later. Because this team needs to know where they're going to be standing for the rest of the year so that they can just put their glasses on and attack, right? So, um, take the floor, Justin. I'm, oh, those, are, those are some good opening thoughts. Right. My opening thoughts are... Oh, and Kawhi. Leonard is the best player in the Eastern Conference. I'm, you know, I'm gonna pick up where you left off. Cause the Raptors are six and zero. I mean, it's five and zero right now. I'm, I'm just gonna do a hot take right quick. Kawhi stays in Toronto. I think he's, I, you know, a lot of people have you know bought into you know the him wanting to be the LA and being the guy. I think he admires and fits the culture that Toronto is trying to build. I think he looks comfortable. I you know I think he fits you know into the system well. Right, he does. So 
I would not be surprised if Kawhi stays. It's not. A, it won't be surprising for me. I, I don't necessarily see it yet. Like that. It, that I. I truly think he's gonna stay. Mm-hmm. It's way too early for me to to think that. But I'm at the point where I don't think I'll be surprised if he does resign with Toronto. What other thoughts? Let's just. Oh, another thought. Let's just. Uh, let's just wait till we see Boston and. Uh, and Golden State in the finals. Wow! So we can have a you know the official coming out party for Jason Tatum, because this young buck man, me me and Julian said it ourselves as diehard Heat fans, <laughs> we just can't bring ourselves to purchase a Jason Tatum jersey. But just know if you were for any other team, we would have that Tatum zero on our backs. For but, sure, for but sure. The fact that you're in the Bean Town, the, yeah, it's so it, funny. I'm a Red Sox group. fan, but I hate the Boston Celtics. Yeah, the fact that you're you know. In, in Boston, we can't. But this young man is having an amazing. Speaking of season. Boston, we'll get back to this World Series coverage real quick. Oh, breaking! Manny, yes. ma- yeah, breaking. Uh, Manny Machado's up to bat, bottom eighth, two on, uh, one on, two outs, o two count. Matt Barnes is pitching, and he's looking confident. We're gonna get you through this pitch, and then we're gonna get back to Justin and uh, Manny Machado. What do you got, bro? Oh, he stepped off. We'll update you guys back what happens with the man Machado at bat. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, Jason Tatum. Yeah, this young man is having an amazing season so far, and I can't wait to see what he does for the rest of the season. I'm hoping I'd be surprised at this point he doesn't make the All Star team. Right, right. I mean, um, if he if he all he has to do is continue what he's doing right now, I believe, and he he makes the All Star team. And. Some other thoughts. Oh, Damian Lillard and Anthony Davis need to find them some help quick because their talents are being wasted. Do you think they need to find themselves on the same team? Yes. <laughs> if, if we can make that happen, yes. And it's possible. If, if we can make that happen, I just it's just so hard because I don't see either of them leaving their respective right, teams. Right. So I don't know who they could possibly grab from either conference onto their team, but I... To see them together, I would love it. Will it happen? I doubt it because, like I said, I just don't. I, I honestly, and we don't see this that much anymore. I can see Lillard being a lifer in Portland. And right. I can also right. see. But I can also see that. it, but to a lesser degree, Davis being a lifer in New Orleans. But the way they're, you know, playing so far, Anthony Davis, I mean, best player, 25 and under right now. For sure. Kevin Durant's still better than Anthony Davis. Yeah, and <laughs> last but not least, the, the Warriors, Warriors are, are gonna, still the Warriors. The Warriors are going to three-peat because Steph. Because Steph Curry <laughs> can drop 50 on you if he wanted and doesn't even have to play in the fourth quarter. So, note to Kobe, cherish that 81 because if Steph really wanted to, I feel like any given night he could go and take it. We're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there. That's it. By the way, go Red Sox. Go Heat. Go Colts. Go Finns. I'm saying that for Justin. He got the damn shirt on. That's right. I do. I do. We're actually going to wait till the end of this at bat. I'm actually going to put the the volume of the television, if you guys want to stick with us, to live out this this World Series moment. Bottom eight, uh, one on, two outs, two-two count. Manny Machado at bat. And now it's full. So now we're going to end this podcast, I guess, doing a, a live radio broadcast. It's only right. Let's give me some volume here. We're in suspense. Bellinger's on deck, but I don't think he gets the uh, at-bat this inning. 
old, entitled, cocky, looking at him saying, no, 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 sir. It's going to take a lot more than that to get me swinging. One on, two outs, three, two. Matt Barnes both versus Manny Machado. Manny Machado's one for three. Both of them want it. But who wants it more? That's Here comes the pitch. Find out. And he's fouling him off. Manny Machado is dealing. Uh, he's fighting this at bat. He's staying in there. We saw Matt Barnes pitch Jock Peterson. He pitched him from a 3-0 count to a 3-2 strikeout. We've also seen Matt Barnes fake out Kobe with the ball to the face, unrelated. That's true as well. Different Matt Barnes if you didn't know, <laughs> but now you know. All right, let's try this one more time. Bottom eighth, one on, two outs. It's a 3-2 count, Machado at bat, and Matt Barnes throws the goddamn first base. Keep Keeping them honest. I, I guess they want to keep the podcast going. We're going to give the people what they want. <laughs> We promised the people we're going to call it. We're going to call it. I'm going to call it. This is what happens when you get baseball, people. There is no time. Just you, the ball, the bat, the pitcher. And the outs, the balls, and strikes. And the umpires. And that's all it is. That's all there is to it. And the suspense. All right. Bottom eight. <laughs> One on, two outs. It's a 3-2 count. Machado up to bat. Take three. Machado steps out of the... Yo, this is crazy right now. This is where you know something's about to happen. And you're hearing it live. First, remember this. If you're not watching the game, then when you hear this Saturday, then you're hearing it quote-unquote live in first. Just remember that. Here comes the pitch. 3-2. Check him out! Out of there. We're going to the ninth. And just like that, this podcast is out of here. We gone. Uh, and she ain't coming uh, back 
Now Taylor gang that shit changed But the amount of horses in my motor when I switch lanes And I beat them blind them with the diamonds in my big chain Heavy in the game, lil homie, I'm doing big things Big things, big things And the bitches, they mesmerize, they recognize I keep it so G, I keep it so G Get you some money, fucking with me So I duck em. try to get paper out of fucker, don't know shit about her. I take you up where it's cloudy, ain't one of them lame, still rockin' Prada. I go to Louis and blow a couple thousand. One of my baddest bitches rollin' up while I'm driving, and she don't even smoke, just hit it once while she light it. My game tight, seal and sign it. Them niggas just playin', ain't really ballin', sayin' they bein' honest, claimin' that's your wife, but we can't call it. She all in my hotel suite at three in the morning. Taking their clothes off, inhaling weed and coughing Ain't the first time cheapin', but say she don't do this often Since I was 16, I had all the intentions to keep it G Take niggas hoes and smoke hella trees with them As for your team, you niggas in the stands You just lookin', I'm a pro to these rookies And the plan is still paper over, pussy And ain't shit changed, but the amount of horses in my motor When I switch lanes, and I beat them, blind them with the diamonds in my big chain Heavy in the game Little homie, I'm doing big things, big things, big things. And the bitches, they mesmerize, they recognize. I keep it so G, I keep it so G. Get you some money, fucking with me, fucking with me. Fucked over this year. It's a wrap.